day on Striving Double Feature Presents. Howling 2 and 7-2, episode 36, 37, 37. For some reason, I thought I was on 38, so that's why I completely confused myself. But this is episode 37. Dan's Driving Double Feature presents Howling 2 and 7-2, episode 37, a minute-by-minute podcast covering Howling 2, Your Sister is a Werewolf from 1985, and Howling New Moon Rising from 1994. That would be Howling 7. Let's dive right in. Where do we leave off? Oh, yes, um, we were about to have some fun uh, naked times with Sterba, that one goofy guy, and the gal from America who killed all the punks in the warehouse. You remember her. So we're about to, and we got, pardon me, we got a boob out and Sterba, and we're all about to climb into bed together. I'm ready. I'm fresh. I'm baby powdered. Let's do it. or not, but uh, uh, this is this this um, you know this 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 um, it begins with a sex scene. So um, I'm trying not to make it too dirty, but I'm talking about what I'm seeing. So so this may be you know warning. Um, this may not be for for uh, for youngsters or for for people who don't like hearing people talk about you know sexy times um but yeah this this begins and it's funny it begins like we're going to go into a full on um uh, sex scene but it only goes for about like 10 seconds and then it cuts to Christopher Lee who seems to have the um psychic link with Sterba I guess um uh, I, I guess because she, she like she rips off her top boobs out and she's like yeah and the moment she's like yeah Christopher Lee is in the backseat of that car with Jenny and Reb Brown and uh, and he's like huh what and then we go in the rest of the scene which is um, the locals in Transylvania setting up a very obvious to me a very obvious um, car crash um, kind of thing with an old woman uh, who turns out to be a werewolf. Now, I think the thing that gives away that maybe this is all fake is when they sort of come around the corner and they see the, see, they see what's going on. There's an old woman on the ground. Gosh, I miss my grandma. Sorry. Um, there's an old woman on the ground and there are, there are maybe 10, 15 people all around her, like covering the whole street and actually like one, one side of the street drops away and a, and a hill, and the other side street goes up, and uh, it's very much it reminds me sort of a road you'd see like in the, that fun for your eyes only car chase where they're in the tiny car that keeps rolling over, and you know that one. That's it's kind of one of those roads where um, uh, when you're on it, um, 
there there are two tire treads on each side of the road but the middle is like grass and on on um the um i i guess the the one side of your car is the hill goes up the other side of your car hill goes down hill goes up hill goes down hill goes up hill goes down and i think what should have got them convinced that maybe something was amiss with this accident was one the way the people are kind of spread out like they're completely blocking the road and like the 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 sort of as the road goes up you know not just like like the the ground floor as it were like they're going up onto the next floor um but if you look at the car the the car is um i guess perpendicular with the road which if she was driving the car along the oh geez and how would they've even done that i mean that where would they have gone when they were on that road if they had met her on the road what would what would you have had to do but i know i've I've seen something on, on trains where like there's a spot where like a train can if another train is approaching there there are certain spots and this was like if you go online you can see these like um is it norway I forget where the where you see these great train rides where the they put the cameras in the in the front windows of trains. You just go through these beautiful landscapes. But there's one spot in there where it's like I don't I don't know why, but they have like um like a, a, a sort of siphoning off kind of track. So if like there's another train coming, you can back up the train and the switch track will go, and you can back up onto a side track. The switch track will correct itself. The train that's coming at you will go by, adjust the switch and you go back on to it. So I'm wondering, uh, uh, like, is, like, on a road like this, which is clearly just one lane going through here, how does it work if someone's coming at you? I mean, do you... Uh, I mean, I guess if you're in a small, two small vehicles, you might be able to, like, use the very edges. But, geez, like, they're in, like, a truck kind of thing, and it looks like another truck there. I can't imagine how you would do that i mean there there must be a spot like maybe every quarter mile or something that you can back into like you know a little side road they would create that you can back up into so the other car can go by and presumably i mean the well i i would just say this then um the fact that they've arranged such a bad accident like how on earth did that woman's car go like that i mean the, the the way her car is crashed implies that she was like one level up the hill on the road and she just went off the road and came flying down and crashed right there that's what it looks like i think the the bad placement of the vehicle says to me that these people never ride on this road and that they've just brought the car in to crash it and try to stop these people who are coming to stop their werewolf queen that's what i'm it's 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 fun to, yeah i don't know maybe it isn't fun to think about i don't know but i love the i love those roads where um there, there was one there were a few I, i've you know i don't i live in los angeles i grew up in new york state you know there aren't a lot of roads like that but there are there are some like when i was in, in i went to college in ithaca which and the the, the college is up on a huge hill um, there were several ways to get up and down the hill and there was one particular way there was kind of a hidden way which was near the video king um, and near the second shows to go if, if you, you remember where that is but there was a way down there that was just like so precarious and it had like it had like 90 degree no that's not right 
Yeah, 90 degree turns. Yeah, it had 90 degree turns where you literally, there couldn't be anyone coming and you needed all the space in the road to turn. I love that. Who builds roads like that? Why do I mean, presumably they're thinking no one's going to come up the road. I never had a problem going up and down that road, but those 90 degree turns were crazy. And then there was another road in um, where I grew up in Irondequoit. I forget where it's, it was near, it's near Seabreeze. And um, there was a graveyard and I forget what road it was on, but there's a graveyard. My um my aunt Lynette and Uncle Mike live off of that road. You know that road? Um there's a there's a graveyard and alongside the graveyard there's a road that goes into woods. And if you only see it from the side, it just looks like a road that just like goes into a patch of woods and disappears. But it actually what it does is it goes down, down, down. And I don't I never fully understood where we were, but it goes to a street. A street of gorgeous houses, some crazy houses. There was one. There was one house there that was like, in my mind, it was like six or seven stories high, but it was probably only like four stories high. And it was just this thin, tall house, and it was just these. You'd wind through this really thin street that was only fit for one car. If another car came around the corner, you got, you were all in trouble. But and then you went out on this street, and it was like this street that was like, sort of not underneath because there was sky, but like. Where where the hell was it? It was like, it was it, it was actually funny because yeah, if you, if you lived in Arundelquite and you kind of went along this road and then you went along was it Titus? There was a spot where if you went over to the north, everything kind of dropped down and there was like a valley, and that was a huge space. But I think this sort of hidden street was in the valley, but it was kind of like off to one side you know it was it was a street it was a street you would never go down unless you lived there unless you were an idiot like me and just drove down random streets anyway back to howling too yeah so they're on the street and then yeah this old woman turns out to be a werewolf and immediately um christopher lee or, or, or he stakes her and she's dead and it, it's funny that it's interesting to me first that um uh, the old woman there kind of reminded me of my grandma, not my grandma Budnick, my grandma um, on my uh, mom's side, Grandma Voital, the Big B Bobcha. Um, sort of, um, you know, it was my grandma Budnick, I think she was 100, and she passed away last year, 2021. Um, the Big B Bobcha is a little younger than that, but we don't think she's ever going to die. She's going to continue on forever. And when I saw this woman there, I thought, oh, Big B, what are you doing lying in the road like that? I liked, I love that they hired this like 70, 75-year-old Transylvanian, Hungarian, whatever the hell, Romanian woman, and said, you're just going to lie in the road for the day. <laughs> People are going to look at you in weird ways, and there's going to be a really off-center POV shot of Jenny looking at you, which is really weird-looking. And Christopher Lee, clearly, the moment they approach the old woman and all the villagers turn around and walk away, you would think Christopher Lee would say, okay, let's go. Uh, but he kind of stands there waiting for something to happen. Luckily, something does happen, and he gives the good through the heart. And... Yeah, and at, at the end of the day, it start it starts with the the sex scene with forgive me an implied penetration with the howl when she howls when the woman on the bed howls. That to me, that's what that is implied that that's happening right there. But we don't see anything. In fact, we don't really see anything apart from some people fully clothed grinding around on a bed and Sybil Danning's boobs. Um, but I love that the scene begins with an implied penetration and ends with an actual penetration with a titanium stake going through the old woman. I don't know if that's meant to be um, 
if that if that's meant to be leaking Sturba and Christopher Lee's character in some fashion. Um, certainly Sturba's having more fun. Um, unless Christopher Lee really, really, really enjoys stabbing werewolves through the heart. Um, but but I like that there there's a link there. Not only in that moment where you see she that you know she gets her boobs out and then he's like huh and or or the moment yeah the the moment where the the sex at the beginning and the penetration at the end with the penetration's uh, killing is an interesting sort of um, link there. We'll see we'll see where it goes. I mean literally that's the end of the minute, so we can't go any further farther uh, than that. So let me go to Howling New Moon Rising and when we left Howling New Moon Rising. I don't remember where we are. Ted was doing something. Were we bean-related? I don't know. Listen to this. I'm telling you, my deer were really spooked. Because something, something was in the park. Hey, Bob. You weren't trying to find a good-looking one, were you? Not me. I've been in the desert too long. Put a bag over their head and you wouldn't know the difference anyway. Well, that's a relief. <laughs> I'm telling you for a moment. I just thought, you know. I'm serious, Ted. Whatever was spooking the deer was not normal. Not normal? No. Oh, well, that really narrows the field, right? Reading you loud and clear, dude. Brock. Brock. Brock? He's not an animal. Well, he's not human. <laughs> no, dude. <laughs> no. No, no, dude. no way. No way. Him? Well, actually, the minute begins with Cheryl making um, a bunch of drinks, and she's in the background of a lot of the shots. And there's a really nice cut that cuts from her pouring the the drinks from a big glass into little shot glasses, and then it cuts to um, um, the bartender, and then the guitar playing guy, and then the lady whose um, husband is always accused of wearing her clothes, with Ted approaching, uh, and you see Cheryl in the back pouring the drinks. It's a nice edit. Um, but I mean, I guess it's it's kind of interesting here that they mix some um, actual the actual plot, which is um, she's worried about um, whatever it was who spooked the deer, with um, uh, jokes about Brock and jokes in general about bestiality um, that everyone laughs at and everyone has a good time with. No one's like, oh Ted. And I, I wonder like, did did they did they have did they make jokes like this before Ted showed up and Ted's just accentuating them bringing his own ted charm to it or is he is his he is this just ted doing this i don't i don't know um i know you know clive turner he's juggling a lot he's writing directing producing starring editing you know doing the um the accounting work um on on the on the set but uh yeah it's it's always that's one of the things about the movie. I mean, we are... Well, we're not halfway into it yet, but we're drawn up to the halfway point, and they're still willing to stop and just, just joke around. Um, all times, I guess... I mean, I guess we're all... They're all technically living and working in the same spot, so there's... So you get the camaraderie, and you get that... Um, you get the, you get the um, running jokes, the running gags that go through, and things like that. Um, and I'm dying to know exactly who this woman and her husband are. They're just locals, I guess, who, who are nearby who always um are in the bar after a long day's work i i guess I, i'm not sure but um but it's it's slightly strange the way the minute is played where they're all sitting around talking and then they think oh brock and like oh maybe not and then it cuts to the music for like 15 seconds and then it cuts back to the same spot 
um, at the bar, and the bartender's still there, and the lady's still there, and Ted just happens to be walking by, and she grabs him and says, do you really think it's Brock? And I thought, these weird, these weird little edits, these weird little ways that the scenes are done and put together, to me, they're, um, like, Philip Mora, he knew how to make a movie. He just did it in a slightly weird way. Clive Turner, I don't know that he knows... I mean, obviously, he's making the movie. We're seeing the movie. He made a movie. It's fantastic. Um, but, like, sort of just the way of storytelling and sort of, um, you know, like, well, I wanted to cut from where we talk about Brock and then say, nah, and then we do the second part of the joke because that's what this is. This is the rest of the joke because right at the very end, it cuts from uh, one angle on the lady and, and Ted to another angle where you can see the bartender in between the two of them and he's looking at Ted about to do something and so this is this is the second half this is the big payoff to the Brock related joke um, and he has to, to think of a way to because um, you can't cut right from you know the nah it's not Brock and they begin to walk away and you can't cut right immediately to her by herself and Ted walking by you need to put something in between so he throws a little line dance he throws a little stuff um, it, it explains where the um, the one guy is who's sitting next to her the, um, who's been in the desert too long the guy the guitar player because he's up on stage so um, although that could confuse you because he was right there and then it immediately cuts to a new song starting and suddenly he's up on stage playing guitar um, so this sort of jumps in time and what's going on here I haven't really gone through and tried to figure out how many how many days we are into this now because I, I mean obviously as you know um, you know although we haven't seen them in a minute or two the, um, the priest and, and the cop uh, the cop is still hearing the full story from the priest and and yet we must be at this point we must be I mean, just the way everyone talks to Ted and everyone laughs at Ted's jokes as if he's been there for ages. I mean, I would say we're, we're, I mean, we're at least four or five days, four, five, six days into Ted staying there. I would actually say probably more than that, just how with how comfortable he seems to be, probably maybe a couple weeks. Um, but maybe that's just me, though. Maybe it takes me a little longer to get comfortable. Ted's Ted. Um, but but I would just say, you look at it, you think, it's gotta be, he's been there for a couple, at least a week now, right? Or almost a week or a couple of weeks. Why, you know, why is the cop still telling this, hearing the story from, why is the cop, why is the priest still telling the cop the story? How long is that going to go on for? And you realize the um, time means nothing. There are two, it's two parallel timelines going on here. The priest and the cop are in one, and Ted and everyone else are in the other. And the line dancers are just doing their own thing. I love that. I love the three line dancers go out, and you get a, it's a guy, a gal, and another guy. And the first guy and gal, they begin doing their thing. And the third guy's a little bit further, farther away from them, just kind of looking at them like, okay, what are we doing? What's happening? Because I like to think that was just, um, that was not like Clive Turner saying, someone start line dancing action um you know action so it's our line dancing i'd like to think that he just set the camera there and just what happens happens although there is a weird moment where you see them line up for the line dancing and then you get a closer shot on our main guy playing the guitar and you see some people dancing you know hand in hand you know moving each other around and you don't see the line dancers but then when it cuts back to the long shot the line dancers are in between him and there so that that's between him and the camera so that previous shot must have been over the line dancers i guess so 
but anyway yeah this is this is this is mostly a joke about who's been scaring her deer but nobody really seems to care they make the bestiality jokes put a bag over their head you wouldn't know the difference and um the other one guy gave up doing that a long time ago and whatever been on the desert too long and um or maybe about it doesn't mean too long implies oh yeah i did fool around with that those deer um uh but but yeah i do i again i do like the fact that she is actually worried about the thing that's happening in the movie and everyone else is still up to their jokes and they're going to stay up to their jokes for a very long time so i will stop right here this is episode 37 of howling 2 and 7 2 i hope you've been enjoying it everybody and uh, we'll be back next time and we'll um get the rest of this brock joke and then um the aftermath of the old lady being stabbed on the road i guess they sort of have to roll her out of the way and hope another truck doesn't appear in the road so um yeah thanks for listening and listen to this